0: Hello everybody, this is Noah and John And we are from Urban Digs And this is
1: Talking Manhattan And Johnny, we got a good one for you guys today We do, we're joined by yet another one of these you know, Top 1% producers in the country Seth Levin, the, the powerhouse from Keller Williams Is here to join us So uh, I'm expecting some fireworks today, Noah Yeah, me too
0: Seth, thank you for joining us here And I'm going to get right into it I don't want to waste anybody's time It is challenging out there It is tricky out there It is exhausting out there But in your words, what do you see happening in the broad market today?
2: I mean, this is the most schizophrenic market that I've seen in over 20 years in the business. Um, There's clear winners, there's clear losers. Um, Interest rates are obviously the major force that's impacting behavior in the market. Um, You know, would-be buyers are sidelined. Cash buyers are, you know, sort of most of what we're seeing in the market. And you know, high interest rates are not just keeping buyers sidelined. Obviously, it's keeping inventory stuck. Um, and typically, when we see low inventory environments, we see a squeeze on that inventory. We'll see price appreciation. However, obviously, we're also seeing some lower demand, and um, there's a lot of economic uncertainty, conflicting data points that are sort of keeping people a little bit bewildered. And um, you know, obviously, inflation is another. Thing that's impacting the market and again typically inflation would lead people to make a hedge against inflation by real estate but again there's so much conflicting information our typical finance you know buyers that are driving at least my portion of the market a lot of them are on the sidelines um whether it's you know uncertainty in their own, careers or uncertainty what's around the corner. So I mean it's just a lot of uncertainty. And I think that really has bled into our market. Yeah,
1: that's a, that's an excellent point. And if I just want to follow that up because I mean you you, you mentioned a lot of things there. And, and one of the things that Noah and I are constantly talking about is that this market revolves around the bids. It's it's really all about the bids. It's all about the buyers. And right now with liquidity sort of Declining. I mean, it's ticked up a little bit in the last couple of days, but it's still at a very low point. And we actually put out a piece just today or the yesterday talking about this is actually one of the most challenging September's going back to like 2008. It's just it's a really tricky market. So with that in mind, you know, Seth, with your buyers out there, what are the buyers today? What what's on their minds? What is how are they thinking about this market? If they're interacting
2: today. Well it's it's interesting. We actually saw a spike in buyer activity in July and August when there was some, you know, good tailwind, um inflation seemed to be getting in check. Um so, I mean, that was one of the busiest summers I've ever seen and I'm actually, you know, seeing the early September markets a little bit slower than I would typically expect. Um but the people that are in the market, um you know, I've been talking a lot about this recently. There's a lot of Baby boomer money. There's a lot of older Gen X money. There's not a lot of, you know, people striving to get into the market. So what we're seeing is empty nesters returning to the city. We're seeing them, you know, target second homes. We're also seeing them help their young professionals uh, make their first purchases. So it's a sophisticated group of buyers. They know what they want. What they want is quality. They're looking for value, but above all, they're looking for quality more so than I've ever seen before. It's you know a truly a story of winners and losers when it comes to inventory in this market, and that's you know a delineation that I think is you know stronger and more impactful on our market than again I've ever seen before. Um, but you know it's a different story in Brooklyn. Um, you know, we put something on the market, we expect it to go above ask. Um, we're, you know, coaching our buyers to look at value as opposed to asking price. So again, it's just the most segmented market that I've, that I've ever seen. And, um, it's a skills market, you know, for real estate agents really have to dig deep into the data and have really, you know, deep conversations with our clients.
0: Yeah. It, it, it's a bipolar or some type of um, psychological phenomenon going on in this market right now. You mentioned schizophrenic. Um, I'm sure we can uh, come up with a couple more terms. Um, tricky, tricky. And it seems like buyers are are rewarding very few and, and penalizing many more. Um, may I ask you, Seth, in your opinion, what inventory or sectors are actually doing okay and, and what inventory sectors are not?
2: Yeah. So again, you know, I have these conversations with my team with my clients um you know i speak at conferences and events around the country and what i've been talking about more than ever is that we're in a a quality climate there's truly a shift to quality um you know new york city is a hodgepodge of inventory that's been built over the last call it 150 years and pre-war buildings newer construction is being rewarded I think we're actually seeing some price appreciation in some of those you know, better quality parts of the inventory. Um, and the sort of middling inventory, the tenements or the 1970s, 80s buildings with the eight foot ceilings, I, I just don't see them being rewarded. As Noah said, they're being punished. So also location, if you're by an exit ramp for a tunnel or a bridge—that's a really tough piece of inventory to sell right now. But you know, Park Avenue, the West Village, um, Park Slope, and Williamsburg, which are you know really starved for inventory, they are doing really well. There's not just one market happening right now. There's a lot of micro markets that are occurring at the same time, and that's you know it's that's confusing as well because we'll get a low offer on something that I know is going to get multiple bids but that buyer is being advised potentially incorrectly or they're you know looking at you know the, the market as a monolithic you know thing that it's really not more than ever it is about market segments within market segments it used to be sort of a rising tide lifted all ships so the one bedroom condo market in Chelsea could be looked at you know, sort of price per square foot for that entire part of, you know, the inventory. However, it's a newer building versus a 1980s building versus a, you know, a building that's financially sound versus one that's not financially sound. So, you know, again, this is a market where we've got to dig deep. You guys give some incredible t- tools to do that. Very thankful for Urban Digs every single day um and um you know agents just have to look beyond just the 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 neighborhood the property type because you know the buyers are walking into one apartment and they have no interest when everybody was working in office 5 days a week people didn't want to commute the inventory had had a lot of pressure on it there's not a lot of pressure on the inventory right now so there's also not an urgency to buy, right? That
0: I, I just want to point out through things there because if, this is what makes it so mysterious. I mean, kind of why I, I why I love these markets, but it's not an inventory thing that's driving this mm-hmm. because inventory is not high. I mean, you got your sellers that need to sell and want to sell, and you got some panic people there. You got a lot of growing concern and exhaustion there. But it's not like they have this mass panic flow for the exit. So, from the buy side, when we say you got leverage and there's opportunities, um, they don't have a lot of options. That's number one. And number two, you mentioned what the buyers are bidding for, and they're bidding for these more expensive, larger quality turnkey, don't need any intervention products. And if you think about that for a second, when those properties close and we analyze median sales price and price per square foot trends, whether it's quarter to quarter, or month to month, that's going to be a higher subset of data, relative because of the nature of this down cycle, and it's not going to show the the discounts that's actually happening in the market right now, and that's making a very disparate, confusing um, market to understand.
2: It, it, exactly. I you know I look at price per square foot in a lot of market segments, and it looks to be relatively flat, but there we're getting incredible discount. For some of our buyers in certain segments, and we're seeing buyers bid above ask on multiple pieces of ours. And I, I just had a uh, best and final last night. We had multiple participants. Um, I had a townhouse. In Brooklyn or Manhattan? This was in Brooklyn. I yeah, Brooklyn is Brooklyn is an enigma and. I, you know, I invested in Brooklyn last year because I just saw the trend, and you know, thinking that there's a lot of appreciation because of the gap in value between, or you know, historic price between Brooklyn and Manhattan, and I think that gap is going to shrink. So I'm even with the com- competition in Brooklyn, I still think that it's relatively undervalued. So I do anticipate that price appreciation. You know we're gonna see you know just a lot of that in the next few years. right. And, Sen, I just want to dive into one of the
1: things you just talked about because and I think this is probably one of the 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 trickier things today, and that is that idea of negotiation. And we talked about how challenging this market is for sellers. And I wonder if you could touch on negotiation or what you're seeing out there right now from the from the buy side and from the sell side, you know what what are sellers willing to concede? How how far are buyers willing to go to close the gap?
2: So again, not to belabor it, but it's such a segmented market that we're negotiating so differently on one property in one neighborhood versus another property, potentially in the same neighborhood. Um, But it's always important to understand motivation. Um, I've been teaching a negotiation class for the last 10 years. And I define negotiation as tapping into somebody's motivation in order to, you know, understand what you can accomplish and how you can further the goals of your clients you're you're always trying to understand what somebody's position is and there's a lot of if there are sellers in the market right now a lot of them are death divorce you know they're squeezing out of an apartment if they don't have a super prime piece of real estate you know we see a lot of leverage there however if you know it's in a more competitive segment, you know, then I'm having a conversation with a buyer, you know, asking price is just a piece of marketing. And we're really, regardless of if it's a good piece of inventory or bad piece of inventory, we're kind of ignoring the asking price and looking at the value. And, you know, I was having this conversation the other day, um, because I have been trying to shift my business more and more to Brooklyn, where I was maybe 80%, 20%. I'm, I'm trying to get to more of a 50-50 business between. Brooklyn and Manhattan. And, you know, we've won several bidding situations in Brooklyn by talking about potentially trading some future equity. We go into a situation like that and we're establishing the value. Let's say the property is asking 125. We establish the values 125. You know, you're going to be there for 20 years because we understand the motivation and goals of our clients where do we see the appreciation over the next 20 years and how much of that appreciation are you willing to trade to potentially get this property today? So even with a value of one, two, five, I had a buyer recently go up to one, three, eight, willing to trade, you know, $55,000 worth of future equity to get the property today. Um, when we're on the sell side in a situation like that, you know, we're just trying to create low pressure, get more people involved. But when it's, You know, a weaker piece of inventory, you know, we're really trying to understand does this person need to sell? We're trying to, you know, be investigators and understand the backstory a little bit so that, you know, we can push as much as we can push. But even in the worst of markets, which this is not, I've, you know, seen much worse markets. Obviously, I've seen much better markets, but, you know, there's also a cap to how much you can push. So, the biggest piece of negotiation is setting the expectations and establishing value with your client before going into the potential negotiation.
0: Awesome. Um, Seth, you mentioned a little while ago that you seeded in Brooklyn a year ago. Um, I love that idea. You stated you started, it took a little while. It took a little while to yield some fruit. You mentioned seed, that's what I'm thinking. So it wasn't a instant gratification thing which brings me to this question. Um, you're, you're navigating this this down market wonderfully um, in terms of your business. And I'm sure a lot of agents are going to want to hear some tips to success. Um, so is there anything that you can share? Um, I know you said "state in Brooklyn a year ago um, on what has helped you kind of
2: weather the storm and put your business in a better position to navigate through it. I mean, it's a tricky market. Um, there's There's no... Sort of getting around that. Um, I had five buyers back out of listings of mine in the same week in July. So we are skating on a razor's edge, even when we're being successful. So, you know, to the point about Brooklyn, I think a diversity of geography is really important in a market like this. Um, if you're just an Upper East Side focused agent, there's a lot of inventory in the Upper East Side right now. That's that's going to be a, a tough hill to climb. Um, but we're focusing on good inventory saleable inventory um we're having you know human to human real conversations about what's happening in real time in the market and you know we're taking inventory that's priced appropriately for the market segment we're we're you know we're setting ourselves up for success in that way um also you know I oh I've been saying this for years I'm an idea presenter not an order taker so in markets like this, where there's so many disparate markets, where there's strength and weakness across the board, and it's not just, you know, one market. Being an idea presenter is talking to somebody and saying, you know, you've had this property for a while. I know you're growing out of it. I know you're hearing that it's it's a tough market, but you're actually in a seller's market. And what you're looking to get into is a buyer's market. And particularly if someone's like you know doesn't need financing on the back end, we could advise them that there's relative weakness in this market. You know the trade up market potential for arbitrage is there, and um, you know it's something that we're we're really focusing on in this market. Um, we're also having conversations about interest rates, obviously, and similar to when I was talking about trading a little bit future equity in a bidding situation we're also saying, you know, interest rates we're not going to see the 2.75s again, but when interest rates come down, there will be more participants in the market. So are you willing to pay, you know, extra $1,000 a month in a mortgage for the next 12 months in order to see, you know, appreciation, potentially $100,000 worth of appreciation when interest rates come down to a level that brings people back into the market? So it's, you know, it's high-level conversations, it's seeking arbitrage. And um, you know, I was actually telling Noah this story recently that, you know, this is an urban dig dig success story, that's something that has been invaluable to me. Um, you know, I love the market pulse. I love how easy it is to identify relative strength and relative weakness in the same market in the city. So in 2019, this is one of my favorite stories. I tell it at every negotiation training that I've given since since this time, just to show people that there's never just one market and arbitrage is always available. Um, I had a client, uh, Liz, that I put into a one bedroom in uh, Chelsea in 2007. And I bumped into her and her recently married you know, husband in 2019. And they said, you know, we're about to start trying to have a kid. And I said, oh, that one bedroom is going to get really tight. And she was like, yeah, but the market is so bad. I think we're just going to hold off. And I knew that the one bedroom co-op market was really strong at that time. So I set up an appointment to meet with her. I showed her that the market pulse, I remember these numbers because I speak to them so often. The market pulse for Chelsea one bedroom at the time was 1.2. They wanted to be in a 3 bedroom condo. At the time the market pulse for a 3 bedroom condo was 0.15. 1.2 versus 0.15. Hyper aggressive sellers market, really weak, you know, buyers market happening at the same time. She decided to test the market. We put her place on the market in Chelsea for 1.2 million. That was the high highest price that would have ever been established in that building. We achieved it within a week. She then wound up buying a three-bedroom condo, newer construction, that was originally asking 3.9, was dropped to 3.2, we got it for 2.75. That apartment today is worth about 3.6. So again, it's, it's really understanding the market dynamics, being a idea presenter. As opposed to an order taker, and we can help people achieve success, wealth, comfortability in a real estate market that other people are just sitting on the sidelines. And I think that that's what's helping me in, in this market is just you know being creative, digging deep into the data. I mean, first I, of all, I it's a fantastic story. I mean, you're hired.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> but I, but I want to follow up because I really like the idea that you're an idea presenter and you're not an order taker and I want I want to bring it back to almost the fine point of it which you know I get that that's really helpful for high level conversations but you will also mention that you had a week in which you had buyer after buyer drop out of drop out of you know negotiations for for whatever reason and I'm curious how the idea of being a, an idea presenter affects your mindset to kind of you know bridge that gap between all right right now is really difficult however, I know that because I'm presenting these ideas. I know that because I'm sort of you know, an advisor, that business will come back to me. Versus, oh my God, what am I going to do
2: now? Everything fell apart. Exactly. Well, I th- I think two decades in this industry has helped me develop some pretty thick skin, and we you know we're always looking forward. We're we're not dwelling. Um, you know, this is a tough market. Deals are taking longer, which makes you know buyers that are already hesitant. You know, they're already skating on a razor's edge. They're already, you know, ready to back out. So another thing that I think is super important in this market is getting ahead of the negatives. And you know, every building, there's something. So be the person that discovers that before the buyer. Deal with it prior to the due diligence, deal with it prior to the potential, you know, dismantling of the deal and you know if it's if it's an upcoming assessment talk to the seller about paying the assessment um you know those five deals they were actually all my listings we have four of them either in contract or closed and only one of them has not come back um and and that one we you know again we got ahead of it it needed some work so we took it off the market we did a little bit of work and we're seeing traction now so it's you know it's it's getting ahead of the negatives and you know it this is a belly to belly business the more conversations you have the more business you're going to have um we understand that in a market like this you're going to have some loss, losses but the goal is to have more wins than losses
0: yeah um i mean it's september 27th when we're recording this so i don't know when we're going to put it out there and i mean as i stand here now looking at all the data and and talking to a lot of people um I, I can't think of a better time for buyers to pull the trigger right now. And if, it, and if it's interest rates, that is holding them back. And that is the main concern. There is so many creative ways that we can come up with to make it. I mean, talk to five, 10 lenders and see what the best products are um, between those guys. Talk to your seller and see if they can pay down points in some capacity like developers are doing. And talk to your attorney to see how those deals can get structured. Um, it, it, it's not worth it to lose a deal over something that could be fixed in today's market. And you know, you, you may get a lower rate in the future, but you may not get the combination of fear, leverage, exhaustion um, that's going on right now. And and that's it's not showing up in a lot of the data set. You got to look. You got to look. And 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 you confirmed it. It's it's a tale of two markets. Nobody said it was easy. If it was easy. Everyone would do it, right? That's that's how Jimmy Dugan would have liked that line. But um, I thought this was fantastic, um, John, do You have any other questions for Seth? Otherwise, we're going to wrap.
1: I, I want to. F- I just. I got one more question, which is Seth. I mean, you do have a nice long track record in the industry, and I'm curious. You know, looking back, what would you have liked to know on day one of your career that you know
2: now? Oh, um, you know, I. I mean, it, it, there's so many. Um, <laughs> I, I would have loved to have seen more transactions quickly. Um, but you know my biggest takeaway from being in this industry for so long, especially for newer agents is not to work by price point, work by relationships. Business begets business. And I have an anecdote of a $400,000 buyer who led to $50 million worth of referral business in a six year period. So don't close doors before they're open have human to human conversations with people, understand their motivation, understand their goals, speak to their concerns, don't dismiss them and um you know again just understand the market, but as you guys always talk to, you have to understand the finance and economic trends and storylines that are impacting our market so that we can understand where we're going. Um so, you know, I don't know if I necessarily answered exactly what I would have That was been. awesome that was awesome. <laughs> that,
0: that, that, that was absolutely awesome. And and never never underestimate what one little client could roll into. You never know who somebody knows. And sometimes I I have a theory that sometimes they like to test. They're like, all right, we'll buy something small with this guy, see if he's the right guy, if you know, and then we'll go pull out the big dogs and and send it all the referrals or buy some bigger places. I've seen it before. I've seen it before. And, and, and another quick anecdote before we end this, um, I remember I was at City Habitats and one of the agents got a um, $3,000 rental or $2,000 rental. They didn't want to deal with it. At the end of the day, it turned into a $6 million purchase. Mm-hmm. A $6 million purchase and it was like a headache client and they're like, you know what, let's just buy this huge place. And they had no idea at first that this family was in that position and it turned out that was the case. So you never know. Um, I thought this was great. Seth Levin of the Levin Con K over at Keller Williams. Um, If you got any nuggets of wisdom, send him a thank you. Um, Talk to him about referrals. If you see any of his listings, do some business with this guy. Um, He's a great guy. And thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. That is John Walkup. I am Noah Rosenblatt. We're both from Urban Digs. This has been Talking Manhattan, and we will catch you next time.